2: welcome to the official jets podcast eric allen here inside studio the studio with rookie running back brees hall we're joined as always by the mad backer bart scott let's get right to it a hell of a comeback victory second time in two road games how did that game winner feel for you first Rushing touchdown in the National Football League.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I felt like people were trying to say I fumbled. But if you watch, you can see as soon as I got up, I uh, signaled that I scored a touchdown. So um, I knew the coaches, once we got inside the 10, they were going to put the ball in my hands at least three out of the four plays we had. So um, it just shows the level of trust they had in me, and I knew I was going to get in the end zone.
4: Now, you guys fell down 10-10. Points in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, you you got uh, Kenny Pickett over there all jacked up on Mountain dude, like he's doing his <laughs> doing his thing. You know, how 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 good did that feel to kind of silence that crowd, especially because I know after they start rallying, they play Renegade and they do all the little theatrics and stuff. <laughs> how was that environment, first of all, because you played in a big college and you've been in some big games. How did that compare, and how did it feel when they had to walk out of that stadium?
3: Um, it was really like. When when all of it, when all of it started happening, you know, we we got in a hard spot and we felt like we were shooting ourselves in the foot. So nobody really ever got flustered or anything. It was just like, all right, guys, we got to lock it in, take it one play at a time. So, um, and really on that last drive, once we saw that um, Michael Carter the second got the pick, we were like, we got in the huddle and uh, Zach said, let's go score F and touchdown. So we just took it a play at a time and um, we knew that we could put ourselves in a good spot to score and we did that. Okay. How much did
4: Cleveland, how much did the win in Cleveland kind of give y'all hope that the game is never over and that you could come back?
3: Yeah, it just goes back to uh, training camp and Coach Salah always saying you always got 60% more. And then him preaching to us that the game's never over until the clock hits zero. So, um, you know, we just took it to play at a time. And like I said, the game's never over until the clock hits zero. So we just kept playing hard and uh, kept doing our 111th uh, on the field and came out with the win.
2: First rushing touchdown in your fourth professional game. Can you take us through that play? Because, Bart, I went back and looked at
3: that replay today. Miles Jack was in there pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, it was a punch play. Uh, so the O-line, was uh, they were having hard double teams on the D lineman. So if the linebacker shot, he was going to come free, and he did that. So I just kind of gave him a little sidestep, and he slipped off, and I was able to reach the ball across. That's really what it was. Did you know it right away? as far as when they went to
2: the replay that clearly you weren't worried about anything because yeah. on the field, they're
3: saying, Jets recovered the fumble. We're going to go back to yeah. where the fumble actually transpired. Yeah, because uh, I felt like, you know, I got really long arms and I'm like, all right, if we're at the one, all I got to do is break a tackle and just get the ball in. So I slipped off miles, reached it across, and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, as I was uh, bringing it back, he came and kind of hit it out. But I wasn't worried. As soon as I got up, I signal touchdown. So it was just like, all right, let's just wait for the replay.
4: Now they don't always get it right, and always overturn themselves. Sometimes, yeah. but when you when you when you talk about some of the best to ever do it at the goal line, some guys you'll know, go through, some guys go over. Mm-hmm. Do you have that in your repertoire? Like you know, from the one yard line, take off like LT used to do, and you know, or, or uh, Walter Payton just get airborne.
3: Oh yeah, if you watch my college film, you'll see me go over top a few times. <laughs> uh, I got, I think I got everything. I, yeah, I got everything in there. Uh, speaking
2: of that, as far as guys you may have looked up to. Mm-hmm. Your cousin is Roger Craig. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think about the way he approached the game with the high stepping?
3: You always watch Roger Craig. Mm-hmm. Those legs were high. Yeah. See, it's kind. Of, we kind of have different running styles. Like He has a high step, but me, I'm real smooth. I got real long strides. So um, it's, it's kind of different. But, you know, just watching him growing up, I took pride in me being able to do everything, uh, block, run, and catch. So, um, and him, like, he's, he's such a good, he's such a great running back. I feel like he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And. Um, just for him to always instill that confidence in me and tell me that, you know, I can contact him whenever I need anything and for him to always be telling me good luck and good game and everything, that just, uh, that meant the world to me growing up. So, yeah, he that means a lot. Yeah. Talking
4: about one of the best dual threat um, quarterbacks mean running backs ever to play the game. Yeah. You talk about those long strides. You're saying you got those long strides like Eric Dickerson. He was yeah. more up top. You know, but when when you think about you know when I watched the game, I I saw interesting personnel that I was hoping that you guys would would, would use. And that's you and Michael Carter in the backfield. And <laughs> yeah. you know two of those big runs was him kind of going out there and really laying out you know force, you know, from the secondary uh, perspective, mm-hmm. putting a running back on a cornerback or yeah. a safety opposed to putting a receiver on a cornerback or a safety. Now, he did it for you this week. Now, um, <laughs> should we expect next week, you know, you going out there doing your best Mike Allstock impression?
3: Oh, yeah, I'm always willing to go return the favor. You know, me and him, uh, we've been really unselfish throughout this whole, you know, process. You know, I'm, I'm always rooting for him. He's always rooting for me no matter, you know, who – who's getting the ball. I feel like the coaches just go off who has a hot hand at the time. And we're, we're, we both can do everything. So uh, no matter who the coaches want in the game at the time, we both can get the job done. So, you know, me and him have a great relationship. And as much of a competition that it is between us, we use that to, you know, push each other to get better. You know, we're always critiquing each other and, you know, uh, telling each other ways that we think we could get we could get better and everything. So it's been fun. It's definitely been fun.
2: You told Caroline Hendershot last week, heading <laughs> into this game, that – You really feel like you're hitting your stride. Yeah. What has the transition been like now four weeks in?
3: Uh, just watching the film just knowing that I've been getting better for four straight weeks it's it's just a big confidence booster and then the coaches are you know talking to me they're real hard on me because they want me to be great they want they want everybody to be great they're hard on everybody they always feel like uh, we can we can do more we can be a little, a little better um, in a lot of different spots so um, for me like I said I'm hitting my stride and I'm getting a lot more comfortable in the offense um, I feel like you could tell just from the way I was running the ball um, hitting the hole and everything like that. And um, for a while, you know, I felt like I was a little uh, hesitant just not being comfortable with the way guys were blocking and everything like that. But now it's just I've seen everything so much. And um, I've I've been in the game so much that I'm a lot comfortable starting to slow down and everything like that. So I'm just letting my natural talent take over.
4: Explain, you know, the difficulty of, you know, different linemen coming in because guys block things a little differently (laughs) because some guys are bigger Mm -hmm. so they can do it with force. Some guys are more position blockers because they're quicker. You guys have been mix Mitch match mix yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah mix and matching you know, pretty much the entire every every game this year. How's that you know kind of slowed the development down a little bit?
3: you know at the end of the day as a running back you got to take pride in just being a human eraser so um, regardless of who, who's in the game, like I said we got to be a human eraser so whether no, no matter how the guys are blocking, you got to mm-hmm. read and react. That's that's the nature of the game for the running back read and react. So I feel like, um, yeah, you might have different guys. You might be plugging and playing different guys. But at the end of the day, you know, running backs all mostly based off instinct. So I feel like uh, regardless of who who's blocking for you, you should be able to read and react and make plays based off that. Do you think
2: that you surprise defenders? They're going to see it on film now. Because you are a rookie, so there is a newness to your game. Yeah. Do you think you surprise defenders with your speed? I mean, <laughs> it, you know, you, you seem to get that second level quickly, and I think guys are still surprised. They see the scouting report and say sub-4-4, four, four, but he's a big guy, so yeah. I don't know if he's got that speed.
3: Yeah, I think I do, and I feel like it shows every now and then in the game. You know, I feel like I can get up on a guy's toes and make a miss really easily or um, just – it. Or it just shows with me running through tackles. You know, guys might think um, they're going to hit me and I might slip off of them or um, I might hit them with a quick move or whatever the case may be. But um, I feel I th- I think I do take pride in that. The coaches love that about me, that I have that deceptive speed. And um, I feel like it de- surprises defenders all the time.
4: I think your speed's so deceptive that you've uh, surprised a lot of your quarterbacks because you got that <laughs> wheel around and it's waiting to hit home for a 50, 60-yard touchdown. Yeah. I think you turn the after boosters on a little bit too too fast. Do you think you uh have you, have you been kind of watching yourself and critiquing yourself on that, how you can kind of get a friendly ball first and then turn the jets on, or is it already R2-L2-XXX?
3: The <laughs> no, I definitely could tr- critique myself, and even if the quarterback's underthrow me, I definitely try to um, come back and get the ball. I critique myself on that. I feel like every ball they throw to me, I can uh, it's catchable, and if it hits my hands, I should be catching it. So, um, yeah, but uh, I also make fun of the quarterbacks like, uh, oh, I'm like, oh, your, your arm's not strong enough. I'm outrunning you and everything like that. So uh, – uh, it's it's been fun, you know, but we're definitely still working at it. I feel like I'm gonna have a lot more opportunities because I feel like I'm a matchup nightmare for for linebackers who who aren't really fast and can't really stay with me. So um it's it's just coming week in weekend and week out. i'm getting I'm getting one uh, percent better and it's it's been fun so far. You definitely
2: expect to make all the plays, don't you because yeah. it, it you go back to a couple weeks ago where you guys were talking about the wheel route you're thinking that you probably should have caught that ball a little bit behind it from mm-hmm. Joe
3: Flacco, but yeah. you're
2: thinking touchdown, and maybe that changes the course of a game.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I had a um, – it was really like a double move, but um, I knew that I had already beat the linebacker, so I just gassed it, and I'm thinking he's going to throw it um, over my head, but now I turn around and the ball is right there. But it still hit my hands. I'm still supposed to catch it. So um, it's just little things like that I feel like I could get better, and that's going to make me elite.
4: Now, when you think about it, I, I know you're a fan of football, not just a, a player. So you walk and you look at some of these other guys like Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. uh, look at maybe Edwards Allaire, uh, even Joe Mixon. You know, a lot of these guys that may sneak in a play or something that you haven't seen. You know, we we haven't really seen much of the shuffle pass. We haven't seen, like, the old school, like, um, you know, swing pass with the swing screen. Yeah. Now, are you going to the coaches with things that you did in college and trying to put it suggestions so it can get thrown in the, in the
3: playbook? Yeah, I definitely try to, you know, sprinkle some of that stuff in there. Um, even with some of the run game stuff, just like uh, gap scheme stuff, I try to sp- sprinkle a little bit in there. And they, the coaches definitely do listen to that. Um, they, and they want to get the ball in my hands as much as they can in uh, every situation that they can. So uh, it's just cool to know that they have that trust in me and that they want to get the ball in my hands because,
0: Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to
3: podcasts. They know I'm a big playmaker.
4: No, uh, I, I know you guys are enjoying the win today, but tomorrow you turn the page. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big one. Right. You guys have yet to win at home, but now you get to, you know, the, the Miami Dolphins, who's the darling of uh, the NFL right now. You know, they're going to be playing without Tua to law, Teddy Two Gloves was a jet for a brief moment. But it's an opportunity to play a meaningful game yeah. in October, which will maybe catapult you guys to second in the division. And will put the rest of the league on notice. Like, what's the vibe like even early in the week as far as getting ready? For Miami and and in a almost playoff atmosphere because what's on the line and the hated rivalry between the Dolphins and the Jets.
3: Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, um, we're all we're all human. We all have to go out on the football field and play. So I feel like we're not going to take any different approach. Obviously, they have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball and they have a really good defense. But like I said, we're going to go out and do what we do and. Um, and I feel like if we put our best foot forward, then we're going to be in a great position to win the game.
2: Is it a good lesson for you guys, considering what happened a couple of weeks ago, that you guys win in Cleveland, then you come home and you struggle against Cincinnati?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely was a, a big lesson. and I feel like um, this week, we, even just coming in today, we had more of a sense of urgency, and uh, a lot of guys were a lot more locked in, um, and we haven't even really started to prep for them yet, just in general, um, I feel like this week we're not going to take it for granted, and we're going to. I think we're going to push ourselves even harder just because just because we knew that we came off of a good win and then lost the game, so we're we're going to be on ourselves even more.
2: Yeah, uh, being there last night, Bart, I sense something in the locker room a little bit different than the Cle- Cleveland game, which was an improbable comeback. You guys get the onside mm-hmm. kick, we know what happens. Uh, G-Dub in the end zone from uh, Joe Flacco. You guys win that game. <laughs> yeah. But but last night it felt different where you guys were happy with the win, but the expectation felt there yeah, as well. We,
3: yeah, we're happy, but we're not satisfied. And like I said, we all feel like we could have put them away earlier, and we feel like we left some plays out there. Um and this week, we're just going to try to get better. We're going to try to get better at that. really starts today with recovery, then tomorrow um, and prep. And tomorrow's our off day, so we have another recovery day, essentially. And then um, Wednesday, we just got to come in and be locked in and be ready to practice.
4: Now, now, normally, normally I would tell you guys, hey, man, don't don't be overexcited now and, 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 and kind of play the game yeah. during the week. But because you guys are so young you have all this extra energy, your, your, your <laughs> testosterone levels are high, you know what I mean? Your core, you got all that, you got everything. I'm going to tell you guys, go into practice and, 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 and lay a lot of it out in practice right. as well, because it'll help you get out to a fast start. You're not an old veteran team that you can, you know, kind of go through the motions and go yeah. through it. You know, I'm going you know, to tell you to be the catalyst, right? You got to, you know, it doesn't seem like you're much of a vocal guy right when you come in there you don't have a lot of rah-rah guys right if you want to really get the, a big effect you remind me much of like brad smith jericho country who that, those names might not resonate with you here but they resonate big alpha you know, jet fans they were right. very quiet guys that carried a big stick yeah and if you our height, the team will follow. So just a bit of advice going into a big game because, you know, you want to say it's it's a game like any other game. No, Mm -hmm. Miami looks at playing the Jets like it's the Super Bowl. Even though the the, the pages are our rivalry, for the Dolphins, for some crazy reason, I don't know if it goes back to Jumbo Elliott, Dan Marino, they look at this as an organization like a Super Bowl. They hate the Jets more than anybody else in the division. So if you don't match that intensity, it's going to be a tough day.
3: Right, and I feel like... Um, the the older guys are doing a good a good job and, and still in and stilling in nuts that we can't take anybody for granted and we know that Miami's a good team and I feel like the rookies like our rookie class I feel like obviously we we probably had the best rookie uh, draft class in the whole draft this year and. Um, I feel like we're all taking a step as just being being those leaders, being those spark players for the team. You know, you got Sauce on defense; he's always talking, and then you got me and Garrett who kind of just make those plays and get everybody going. So um, we're all taking a, taking pride in just being being a spark for our team, a spark for the team right now. And then the older guys are just doing a great job of keeping us um, keeping us humble and just uh, showing us the way uh, for us to be a winning organization and for us to just keep taking steps forward for us to keep winning games.
2: How tight are you guys? You just mentioned guard Gardner. you mentioned Wilson yeah. who, who you guys you guys are like a duo and I see how tight you guys are inside the locker room but extends beyond that uh, Jermaine Johnson mm-hmm. comes up with his first full sack yesterday yeah. money Mitch Max Mitchell unfortunately <laughs> uh, went down and, and that yeah. was a tough blow but Michael Clemens we're seeing him out there flash I mean baseball. how tight is his
3: group yeah we all we're all super tight we all always we still have rookie meetings and everything like that we're still learning so um, we spend a, a quite a bit of time with each other every day you know we're always in the locker room joking around we always have our little rookie click so it's it's been fun with those guys so far and then we're all um, playing really good football right now so we're all just pushing each other to be, to be better and be the same guy day in and day out
4: now you know yesterday when we were doing a pregame, we saw your iced out chain now i was trying to figure out what's <laughs> the what's the uh, the red was that enter the dragon are you a Bruce Lee fan? Was that Enter the Dragon? There's no. a lot of people have been uh,
2: asking yeah, about this on social media.
3: media. All right, so um, my growing up, you know, in middle school, high school, my nickname was Bruce the Beast and um, I got the the chain the idea was just like a, a BH um, with claws around it, and then like a like a, a bear scratch, or like a wolverine scratch, you could say. And so um, we came up with that idea and tried to throw like some like blood in it, you know, the red in it, and um, it came out really good. So you know, I saw it got posted all over the internet, which wasn't my intention. I kind of wanted to keep it low key and everything like that. But you know, it came out nice. I enjoy it. Um, it's a good piece to have. But you know, it's not anything I wear every day. You see, I don't have it on. I'm not really a big jewelry guy. But it was kind of just a gift to myself because I, I feel like I put myself in a great spot. And I been ha- having a lot of fun. So, uh, my mom wasn't a huge fan of it because she doesn't like me uh, spending spending that much money. But um, she kind of had to be content because I don't do anything too crazy. So it was it was just a nice little gift.
2: All right. So Bart might ask you how much the chain costs. I'm not going uh, to. All right. <laughs> okay.
4: yeah, All right. I, good. I got my jewelry. Yeah, I know how much that stuff
3: costs. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep the nickname though? Breach the Beast. I yeah, like this. Yeah. That's it's been like that since about like sixth or seventh grade. So. Um, it started out as just, um, it was an Instagram name and then, um, I started getting all the, like, notoriety and football and stuff and basketball (laughs) and so the kind of, the name kind of just stuck with me and everything like that. So they've been calling me that since I was young.
4: I see, like so you see your marketing people gotta put that out there. Just like you have like the little sauce, you yeah. know what I'm You got Halloween coming up, the beast. You yeah. You know what I'm saying? We can give you like some um Teen Wolf stuff. Yeah. Like, they make a the Beast for Halloween for the kitty bitty.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely gonna um pretty soon here. It's definitely gonna be big for like branding and marketing and stuff like that. So that was kind of the plan with the chain and everything like that. So it's uh it's gonna definitely be in the works here soon. Uh, as far as your contemporaries, are there guys who you don't play with right
2: now but maybe throughout the league who you appreciate their game from the running back position
3: yeah my favorite running back is Alvin Kamara i feel like he was like my biggest comparison as as far as like guys in the league right now and then um Arian Foster was another big comparison that I got. But, you know, growing up, I kind of feel like I watched a little bit of everybody. And then um, having uh, the IM Athlete crew and finally meeting LaShawn McCoy, it was <laughs> cool to be around him because I looked up to him, too. So there's a lot of guys that I looked up to, and I pretty much watched everybody. But, you know, there's a select few guys that I feel like I modeled my game after.
4: That's a good group,
2: Bart.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I played against Arian Foster, and I understand the comparisons, the smoothness of him gliding, <laughs> never looking like he's, you know, um, Extending a lot of effort, you know what yeah. I mean? But he's look at him, he's been in the corner, he was smooth on his cuts, he was like a glider. More, yeah. You know, Edron James is, is kind of a same similar type of runners. Where, well, when I played Edron James mm-hmm. in that same breath, uh, maybe Clinton Porter's as far as those sliders, those yeah. jump guys that can stop and start, but it's always smooth.
1: Caught
3: on a dime.
2: Shady yeah. McCoy. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and Kamara, I mean,
3: he can beat you every and, kind of way. And he makes it look so effortless, too. That's what I like, because I feel like that's partially how I play. I'm just so smooth, and it doesn't look like I'm trying all the time when I am. But, yeah, just guys like that, I feel like those type of guys are different just because they, you know, you can never really tell how hard they're trying, how hard they're going, but, you know, they're, they're, they're killers at the same time. You got quoted
2: a lot today from what you said in the locker room after the game about <laughs> Go getting an F and touchdown, yeah. and somebody having testicular fortitude <laughs> there, and Zach yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Um, what was he like throughout the four quarters? That's the first time you play with him.
3: Yeah, he's just even kill. You know, he wants to obviously he wants to get out there and be making plays. And um, he missed me a few times, and he was uh, hard on himself. But I, but he's like, yeah, we'll be good. Like, I'm going to get you. So um, just knowing that, you know, Zach always has that big play mentality. He always wants to win, you know. And then it just it's just crazy to see him back out there running around, breaking out of sacks and doing all the crazy plays and everything like that. So it, uh, it was, the game was definitely fun with him. You know, I felt like um, everybody was happy having a lot of fun, and you know like that like I said the last drive um, he said let's go score F and touchdown and you know uh, up till then he probably ha- wasn't having the best best game, but we still got the win and he definitely made some huge plays for us, so that's always a positive
2: Bart that's a young group growing together I mean the bottom line that's what's happening here mm-hmm. uh, Two double-digit fourth-quarter deficits on the road. <laughs> Two and zero on the road for Bryce the Beast and company. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm.
5: Winbet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJets. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJets. Offer subject to change, offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia.
2: We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen in studio with Bart Scott. We just had... Brees Hall on here.
4: Brees the Beast. What do you think about the nickname? You like it? I mean, he's Brees right now. He got to do a little bit more work for me to call him Brees the Beast. But, you know, so far so good. Uh, A a very humble kid. A guy that you can see getting better every single week. Uh, He has a lot of tools in his toolbox. And I think um, by the time we get to the middle of the season, he'll be able to use all of them.
2: Well, you said it before the year. We're taping for Jets game day with Robert Sala, which airs Sunday's CBS at 7.30 a.m. You said that Hall is going to be your offensive rookie of the year.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's crazy because it's, I think he's right now, he's in a battle with, with Garrett Wilson as well, his <laughs> own teammate, because uh, he's made a case early on and, and captured the uh, attention of opposing teams, but also the attention of the, um, you know, the, the fans, you know, the, the all fans of the NFL. Uh, but he's getting better and he's getting stronger, you know, and I think, you know, by the end of the season, if it, they continue to get him touches and let the offense go through him, when teams dare to come out with light packages to try and take away the passing game, you know, if they can complement each other, I mean, I don't see why he can't have, you know, 15 uh, or 1100 yards, um, rushing and maybe fifteen hundred total yards of all total production from you know in the passing game because before it's over with, they I think they should maybe even put them in a slot and wow. you know get them out there with and let them take the role of the tight end and and run go routes or angle routes or routes especially if they decide to match them up with a linebacker who's going to play off. You got the slant goals, you got all kind of things you can give them. You know jet sweeps. I love the uh, idea that yesterday they came out with. Kevin Carter, Michael Carter, and Brees, and uh, you know, there's so many different things you can do with that because you can fake the stretch to him and hit Michael, hit Michael Carter on a on a on a uh, wheel route, you know, as the defenders are going to start kind of preparing for for Michael Carter coming at him, and then you act like you're going to hit him. And you know, you look up and you pull a ball up, and now you got a wide open, you know, running back in front, and vice versa. You can do that same run the other way and let Brees be the head head receiver and and be able to get some opportunity. So I love the creativity of LaFleur yesterday. I thought he, you know, did a did a lot with what he what he had. I mean, I didn't expect Ver Tucker to move to, to left tackle, but I mean he played and held up well. It just shows you how talented he is as a player. The fact that he can move from guard. Right guard to left guard to left tackle. And, you know, that's just a testament to his talent. I think that really hasn't been pointed out enough, at least by me, how difficult that is and what a high level he played at.
2: Why is the running back position devalued in the National Football League? Because when you look at a guy like Hall, there weren't 32 players in last year's draft class better than him.
4: Yeah, it's just certain positions you put more value on as a whole, and you feel like it's always quality because so many of the elite uh, running backs in his in his league did not go in the first round. You look at the best; who would you consider the best? You'll say Jonathan Taylor and and and, and um, King Henry. Well, those are all second round draft picks. Yeah. You talk about Alvin Kamara, who you know Brees Hall told us that he really looks up to, and that's who he models his game after, uh, who he respects a lot um, uh, currently. And he was a fourth-round draft pick from Tennessee, right? So, you know, you look at Austin Eckler. Right? You look at Travis Etienne. You know, it's only a few guys that were taken high. McCaffrey, maybe, Saquon Barkley. I can't think of a running back that's starting for anybody's team that's a, you know, number one pick. You know, you got, you know, Melvin Gordon, who's a number two pick. I mean, a lot of guys. So I think that brought down the value, the fact that, you know, you can get a quality one. You know, it's a lot harder to find a left tackle or a lockdown corner, a pass rusher than it is a running back.
2: All right, so let's talk about Zach Wilson. Uh, A little bit of a bumpy ride there early in the game, but what do you think this can do potentially for him down the line? This is the first regular season game since last January. He played nine preseason snaps against the Eagles, Bart. He's staring down a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Yes, that was minus Watt, but it had Mika Fitzpatrick, and also that's a prideful group on the defensive side.
4: They still have very good players in this league. And that
2: that place was jumping, Bart. So to lead the Jets to two touchdown drives there late for another double-digit comeback for that victory, what do you think that can do for him moving forward?
4: I think it just reaffirms that all the hard work he did in the offseason was worth it, you know, the adding of putting up the muscle mass, the chemistry that he had by, you know, getting his receivers to come out and train with him in the offseason. You know, it all, it all, it all paid dividends. And then, you know, he can just take a start. I mean, he was a little rusty at first, you know, getting out of the pocket, I think, when he still had protection, spinning out. And then he settled down, right? He settled down in the pocket. And you talk about those last couple of throws, those were from the pocket on time and, you know, really manipulating the defense with his eyes. You know, so now, you know, this is what this season is all about, to know if we have a franchise quarterback. And so far, so good. You know, now he has to put it together on the team. Last year that, you know, Blitz, Flacco, you know, a thousand times he's going to have to be able to to be able to sight adjust and beat these guys with his mind. Do the small things, get into the line of scrimmage early, putting guys in motion to see if it's man or or zone. But also getting to the um to the to the to the line of scrimmage so he can go through his cadence to try and smoke them out if they're trying to blitz and and be able to change the plays and get into the right protections. You know, that's the next step. It's the nuance stuff, right? Yep. We know that he can do it physically. He has a strong arm. He's athletic. He put him on boots and throwbacks and waggles yesterday. But we want to know if he can do that pre-snap, you know, information where he sees what's going on, understands conceptually what the opposing defense is trying to do and be able to exploit it and get his team in the best play possible.
2: Do you think the Jets are ready to close the gap inside the AFC East? I'm not asking you whether they're going to be AFC East champs this year, but this is a team that did not win a division game last year. And this is the changed landscape from what we're used to. New England is one and three right now. The Jets are two and two, both the Miami Dolphins, who you mentioned before when we were talking to Brees, their league upstart right now. A lot of people are giving them uh, attention and praise and rightfully so. They're three and one and the bills are dealing with some injuries right now, but uh, the defending AFC East champs, two years running, they're three and one.
4: I mean, absolutely. I mean, why not? Right. You talk about, you know, the jets in most experts mind, maybe a year away from another big off and another great draft, but you know, the foundation is here. They're a scrappy group. They're talented. You know, they're just inexperienced. And the good thing is when they do get experience, they're going to get experience together, right? So they're learning and growing together. You got a, a young nucleus and any given Sunday, you know, if you, they understand the good thing is they're young and inexperienced, they don't know that they're, that they don't know, right? So they don't have that fear. They don't have, you know, that history to draw back on a why we lose to this team or this team is better. They're just going out there saying, hey, we'll strap it up and you know we'll, we'll go out there and fight and we'll see where, where the cards fall when when they uh, hit the table.
2: Tyreek Hill, big storyline in the offseason. The Jets pursued him. He chose yeah. Miami. He's playing awfully well. With that being said, you think this could work out for both teams because – The Jets right now, they got a really interesting receiver group that we're watching develop with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. And Corey Davis reminded us, (laughs) that guy's a really solid veteran. That's a great threesome. And then you're talking about the Dolphins countering with two of the most dynamic uh, players with the ball in their hands in the National Football League with Waddle and Hill.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough sledding. This is going to be one of those games where you have to have two high safeties or you're going to have quarters, um, you're not going to allow them to beat you over the top. That means, once again, that the front seven you know, or the front six, if they're going to be in, in, in nickel, is going to have to stand up against the run. They're going to have to be able to get – you know, uh, Teddy Two Gloves is athletic. He can get out of the pocket. And, you know, since the criticisms of him was that he didn't push the ball down the field, he's now willing to push the ball down the field. We saw him briefly in Thursday night football when he came in for Tua Tungabalua. Um, he pushed the ball down the field. He's decisive. He knows where to go with the ball. You know, so it's going to be about being disciplined. You all know, I wish, you know, I can come up here one 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 of these um, <laughs> days and we can talk about the D-line not giving up the edge. You know, when they force, you know, Kenny Piggott to, to throw the ball from the, from, the, from the pocket, that's when the interceptions came. Too often they're not rushing and being disciplined within their lanes and setting edges and, You know, I think it negates a lot of the good work that that that, uh, Quentin Williams is doing, and also um, also Sheldon Rankins. So they just got to get, they got to keep, you know, tightening everything up, man, and plugging the holes, and play a complete game where they do the things right. And this is one of those games where they're going to have to do everything right because this team is explosive can come back and score in a blue or just ask the Baltimore Ravens.
2: I'm going to ask Robert Sala about this this week. Do you think for a young team it can be easier to play on the road? Maybe they play a little bit freer uh, and maybe get a little bit tighter at home. Is that possible?
4: No, I don't think so because what happens is you expect the stars to be stars on the road. The role players struggle on the road, um, and you expect them to play better at home because they're not getting booed. They're being cheered. They're not worried about it. they mess up, they're going to get booed. Uh, I think that this is just they. This, the opponents that they've played. Okay. They played a team with their back against the wall in the Cincinnati Bengals, and they were desperate to come out and get a win. They knew they couldn't go 0-3. And they played the Baltimore Ravens, who you know, people know are one of the best teams in the AFC with one of the most dynamic playmakers. And they gave up some big plays because they didn't really have their, their eyes right early in the season, extension of preseason. And they really didn't communicate the, the way that you have to communicate to be a top 10, you know, uh, top five defense.
2: You always said styles make fights. So, how do these two teams match up overall uh, when you're looking at the Dolphins and how explosive they are and the way they attack defensively?
4: Well, I mean, it's, it's boom or bust for, for Miami. They're going to try and run you off. And if you stand over a the top, they're going to try and come back and, and get like. 15 yard out routes they're going to try and get slants you're going to have to be disciplined you're going to have i have to have eyes on Tyreek Hill all the time you can't have communication problems like they've had between the cornerbacks and the safeties about how you want to play certain formations in certain routes and then they're going to dare you to be disciplined when they send Tyreek Hill in motion to try and grab your eyes for speed sweeps and throw the ball over your head so it's going to be one of those games where you got to say listen we're going to take care of the pass. You tell the DBs, listen, you worry about the pass. I understand you guys got a lot of hard hard lifting to do. You guys got a tough task. We'll handle the run because I think Miami's 31st or 30th in the league in rushing. You got to make sure that you're able to stop them with a light box so that you can add more assets and more resources to the pass game.
2: And you expect these receivers, Wilson, Moore, Corey, to see a lot of man-to-man
4: yeah yeah i I expect i expect them to see a a lot of man-to-man um you got to mix it up though it's probably going to be mixed up it's not going to be one dose but you got to save some of those things you know for later in the game you know all the surprises you know and and they're going to try and attack uh the jets and you know zach's gonna have to be ready right because they feel like okay you we, we just saw them go against the Bengals. And, and one of the plays that, that broke the game open was T. Higgins against Xavier Howard. Yep. Just because he's one of the best in the game don't mean you can't challenge him. And you have to be able to challenge him. And you know, I think Conklin is going to be uh, very important in this one, maybe chipping out, because when they have one of those blitzes and if you're able to hold it up and you can be the checkout, everybody's back's turn, and you leak out, you'll be able to get some big plays.
2: Are you a believer in the Dolphins?
4: I believe that the Dolphins are – Uh, a complete team, they have a way in which they have to win. Um, I'm not so sold on their quarterback situation as everybody else is. I think eventually this league will catch up with what they're trying to do. Uh, But, you know, McDaniels is a new coach. No, it's not a big book on what he likes to do, what his go-tos are. doesn't have a big book on what his tendencies are. But those are being created every game they play. And by the time you get to week eight, you'll know – the best way to try and defend him, whether you can execute or not, that's another thing. But you'll have a book on situationally what he wants to do because that's what the analytics will tell you. All
2: right, brother, let's end here. A big picture, though. If you're a follower of the Jets, you're not over the top that they're 2-2, two two, but you played four decent, competent football teams. You might have played – one or two elite teams and he came out of that two and two playing with your backup quarterback in three games, getting your second year signal caller back playing for the first time since January and playing about 10 tackles so far this season.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think so far, I mean, you, if you thought, you know, when you looked at the schedule, you signed up for two and two, you wouldn't be elated, but you would be like, you know what, this is, this is better than expected. You know, because they can easily be zero and four or one and three, and it's a different situation in how you feel. You know, they went against you know, you know, arguably one of the deepest divisions. So I mean, when Deshaun Watson comes back, people are going to expect that team in Cleveland to, if they get in the seat in 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 the, in the tournament, to be able to make noise. We all know what people believe about Baltimore and the Bengals. You know, was the AFC representative and an AFC champion Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, if, if you can find a way to win this week, I think you'll grab the attention of everybody.
2: Yeah, it's going to be huge because then you're going on the road for two games, starting with the Green Bay Packers and then the Denver Broncos. But for this team right now, after four games, you got 13 left. You got to take it a week at a time. It was great seeing you. We'll see you back in the studio later this week.
4: Always a pleasure.